Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Horses are great companions and hardworking animals, and one riding facility is uniting horses with clients to provide them with a therapeutic experience. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund. Lauren Kinnair is the executive director of Three Gates Therapeutic Horsemanship Center just outside of Stoughton, and she shares more about the work that Three Gates does. Three Gates is a 40-year-old therapeutic horsemanship center that has been working in Dane County to serve people with disabilities, learning horseback riding, and achieving some therapeutic goals for them. It was actually started by two friends who, uh, one was from the East Coast and the other person had a really nice horse, and they had known about riding for people with disabilities under another name and chose to just bring up this nonprofit organization with two people and a couple of horses and a lot of really excited volunteers. So today we are now... 200 volunteers strong, about nine staff people with just two full-times, and then we've got nine horses that are working in the program right now, and at any given time, we're serving about 30 riding students and 10 to 12 clients who are undergoing something that's called hippotherapy. It's actually occupational therapy using the movement of a horse. So Lauren, it sounds like this facility is sort of many years in the making, and I know you mentioned that you focus on therapeutic riding. Could you dive into that a little bit more? I can. Um, Therapeutic riding is actually a well-researched and very important therapeutic methodology and teaching for people who have a disability. So for example, we are certified by the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International, which means that we have a governing body that tells us what standards we need to make, how we certify our riding instructors, the woman who takes care of the horses in our barn, and all of the different modalities that our instructors will use in a class. I know some people think, no, it's horseback riding, it's like pony rides, and I can tell you this is not pony rides at all. All of our riders come to us with a desire to be around horses or to ride, and they secondarily come with goals. Sometimes they're set by parents if it's young children, sometimes they're set by caregivers, sometimes they're set by the riders themselves. So given the fact that we serve people who can have a physical disability, an emotional disability, or an intellectual disability, It means that people come to us with all different goals. And I think some of the ways to describe that, um, if someone, for example, um, has cerebral palsy as a diagnosis, they may struggle with balance, and they want to be able to improve their balance to continue to be able to walk. They want to build some strength for all parts of their life. You can't sit on a horse without balancing. So we will. their goal will be, I want to be able to balance independently, which in turn serves them when they're off of the horse. For kids who might be early diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, they might be nonverbal at this point, or they might not be interested in engaging socially. Our program puts you in close contact with volunteers, and of course, you need to talk to your horse. You need to tell your horse to whoa. You need to tell your horse to walk on. So people will come to us, their moms and dads will say, I'd like my child to be able to interact socially and talk more. So we provide those opportunities, and we sort of give people nudges like, this is your horse, Clara. Would you like to say hi to Clara? Or when the instructor says, we're going to stop at the purple cone, Our volunteers will say, now tell Clara, whoa. And before you know it, 
our riders are making progress on those goals. And every time they come to ride with us through a new term or a new session, they establish new goals. So you're making progress the whole way. It sounds like it's something that they can really track from start to finish, too. Do you find that these riders are returning season after season? How long do they usually stick with the program? We have riders with us. In fact, one of them who will be uh, doing a demonstration for us at our fundraiser in July, the Walk, Trot, Toast event, she has been with us since she's three. She is now in her early 20s. Wow. So it sounds like they really found something that stuck with them. And it sounds like this is a way for people to sort of find something that's outside of the norm to really help them with their goals. Backing up a little bit, focusing on COVID, I know that sort of took a toll on everyone's mental health. How did that pandemic affect your business? But also, how did you find that people reacted when the pandemic was over and they could come back? The pandemic, as you indicated, hit everybody hard. I don't care what business or service you were in, it hit everybody. Um, For us, because we are an up-close and personal service, our volunteers are there supporting our riders, often in a hands-on situation. When Dane County said, you can't be doing those kinds of things, we had to stop. We literally had to send our leased horses home. We had some horses go home with volunteers because... Here we had a barn and a facility and horses and no income because of the lack of lessons. People did call. We had some folks say, I don't care. I'll come anyway. That's great. But our volunteers were also in a situation where they didn't know what the transmissibility of COVID was. So when we saw sort of knew more about COVID, we were able to bring people back in a very limited situation. For example, we used to ride with four riders in a class. Each rider has three volunteers, and there's an instructor. So that's a lot of people together. We cut our classes back to two riders or one rider at a time, and they had to be riders who were independent enough not to need someone walking alongside them. So we sort of tried to cut the number of people that were all together. And in the summertime or in early fall, we can ride outdoors. So we took those measures, built our program back slowly, And now we are really functioning sort of like we always did, with the exception of we offer people masking. If people want someone to mask, we'll all mask up. It's not a big deal. We've still kept it three people in a class, but a number of our volunteers and some of our staff members, you know, went off to find other things. So we are still in a rebuilding mode and covid you know, sort of continues to be um, a place where people have many needs. So we have a waiting list. We have a waiting list of people that will call weekly and daily so that they can sort of get those therapeutic benefits. And while we do not provide mental health therapy, we don't have therapists who do mental health care on staff, there is something about being outdoors. There is something about being with a horse. There is something about the power and confidence that builds in an individual that you're literally sitting on a thousand pound beast and you're telling it where to go. That feels really, really good. So we're working very hard to bring back enough horses to serve this entire population. And we have two instructors in training right now. We're always looking for people that want to undergo a year long training process because you will always have a job in this field. You're certainly right in saying that this is just sort of 
another way to help you feel confident and work through some of the goals that you have. And I know that you mentioned volunteers sort of help run everything here. Could you outline that a little bit more? And what has it been like sourcing for labor now in the midst of post-pandemic? Thankfully, people that love horses love horses, and they will do almost anything to be around horses. We need about 200 volunteers every year, and our volunteers sort of fall into maybe three categories. One is people who love horses, and they're like, I want to be part of something horse-oriented. And then they fall in love with the people side of the service. And then there are folks who come to us that are more people-oriented. They might be, we get a lot of folks who are in the, working in the helping professions, or maybe they have someone in their life who has a disability, and they see the importance of these kinds of opportunities. And then we have folks who just like to come and mow lawns and straighten out fence posts and do hard labor. So it's, it's actually not been bad for us. Um, initially, it was hard. A lot of adults... Um, Older adults who volunteer with us did not want to be exposed to COVID, but now that the vaccine's more prevalent, people are more confident in that. Um, The the hard part might be that this is hard work, right? This is when you are out there in a lesson, you might walk a mile or two in sand leading a horse. You, if you're working with the horses, you're here at 6 a.m., or 4 p.m. or 8 p.m. at night, and it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees or 15 below zero, these horses need care. So we really need people that are committed to it, and thankfully we've been lucky enough that people are willing to come and learn. What person doesn't love a horse, right? I mean, everybody loves a horse, so people will come here because that's their entree, and the next thing you know, they're like our best student volunteers. There's really a lot of hands that go into making this happen. And now let's focus on the horses. You know, you have your walk, trot, toast event coming up and you're welcoming more horses into the program. When you're looking for these horses, what qualities are you looking for to make them a good therapeutic riding horse? Well, of course, we're looking for the perfect horse like everybody else is, right? Um, Typically, we're looking for three major things. That horse needs to be safe, sane, and sound. So we're typically finding horses that are in that like 10 to 15 or 16 year old age band. They've kind of been there, they've done that. Um, We're looking for ones that have a vast amount of experience, right? The ideal is if you have been owned by a 4-H or a pony club person, because somebody probably rode that horse every single day and you went to shows and you went to the ice cream store and you, you know, went swimming with that horse on and on. So we want horses that have a lot of experience. We also like horses who like people. You know, they're much like all other animals. Some some animals are social and gregarious. Others are like, yeah, I'll stand here in the back of the pasture. So we like horses that are willing to put their nose on you, to say hello, to walk up in the pasture and greet you when you go out to get them. And then we need a sound horse. They need to be, we call it serviceably sound. We aren't jumping here. We're not barrel racing. We're not even cantering or loping. It's a walk trot program. But if a horse is unbalanced because he or she's got, you know, had laminitis or has a joint injury, our riders experience that same imbalance. And if you're here to improve your physical well-being, we don't want the ride to cause you pain or potential injury. And the second part of that is a horse who hurts is not a happy horse. That's not fair to the horse, in our opinion, and it's not necessarily a safe situation. So our horses come from a variety of um, places. Typically, we had horses donated to us. 
people aren't donating horses anymore. Everybody kept their horse during COVID and added a couple more. And then we will lease horses from people, which means we take care of all of their cares for them and they ride in our program. When the horse gets tired of the program or the owner wants the horse back, we cease the lease and the horse returns. And then we have now begun to purchase horses, which is something we never had to do, but now it is becoming more the norm because of the popularity of horses these days. So let's speak on that for a second. With you purchasing horses and now horse prices seem to be skyrocketing, what has that been like for you to not only find the perfect horses for your program, but also just find something in general that'll work? It it has been extraordinarily difficult. Um, we rely on sort of the network since we've been around about 40 years. We rely on a network of people that are like, hey, I know somebody who knows somebody whose kid's going to college, and that might be a suitable horse for you. So we rely on that network. Um, we also have begun to the Facebook world, right? Everybody buys something on Facebook. So we spend a fair amount of time combing Facebook looking for possible horses that might make sense. We work through our veterinary service, which is Country View. We work through our farrier, which is Kim Lex. We just beat the bushes for those horses. And then we write grants so that we can purchase them. You know, the average horse is going five, $7,000 for the basic trail ride horse. We try to negotiate that. We say, we're a small nonprofit. Please help us. So that makes a difference for us, but it, it is really hard. The ideal for us is to lease a horse. Well, it sounds like you do have a few options, but things are getting sort of hard to find exactly what you need. Um, but you did find some horses, and now you have this Walk, Trot, Toast event coming up. We do. Um, we have two new horses that just joined us earlier this month. One of the things that's very important for our horses is to really understand what their job is and for us to really understand who they are, because we do match the horse and rider for the ability level and sort of the personality of the rider and of the horse. So our horses will join us, the two that we have out here now. I'm not going to reveal their names because one of the things that we're going to do at the event is um, vote on a name for one of the horses. So they will spend 90 days with our equine caregiver, with our exercise riders, with our instructors, learning what the job is. For example, we mount from a very high mounting ramp. They have to learn to be understanding and careful in that environment. They need to understand riders are going to wiggle. This isn't professionals that we're putting on your back. They need to understand that if a motorcycle runs by on Highway 138, your job is to just keep on walking. You are not allowed to jump around. We use beanbags. We use hula hoops. We use cones and obstacles and music in our classes, and our horses have to be really used to that. So our Walk, Trot, Toast fundraiser is designed to help us raise funds so that we can take care of our horses. We write a lot of grants. Um, our riders do pay for their lessons. We also have scholarships for riders who don't have the economic means to do so. But we're hoping to raise money to support both of these horses. Um, the average horse here costs about $7,000 a year. And they need that. You know, they don't care if we didn't win that particular grant, and they don't care if we couldn't ride because it was too hot. Our horses need their cares. So this community and public support is incredibly important to managing this operation. Well, it sounds like the Walk, Trot, Totes event will hopefully help to combat some of those costs, and it really sounds like there's a lot that goes into bringing people these quality therapeutic riding lessons. Well, Lauren, is there anything else you'd like to share about the program or for people who may be interested? You know, I think the only thing I would share finally, Allison, is that if anybody's interested in volunteering or they've got a horse they think might work out for us, that just visit our website, which is 3 T H R E E 
dash g-a-i-t-s dot o-r-g and they can find more information there we've still got a couple of tickets left for walk trot toast it'll be fun we're going to have a tent we're having barbecue we're having a horse naming voting contest silent auction items and some signature cocktails on behalf of our ponies names so people should come and join us and just enjoy a little summer evening with some horses Lauren Kinnair, Executive Director of Three Gates, along with us, sharing more about the therapeutic riding lessons offered by Three Gates and highlighting the spectacular horses in the program. The Walk Trot Toast fundraising event to celebrate the addition of two new horses will take place on July 9th. And as Lauren mentioned, more information can be found at 3-gates.org. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Allison Lund.